This is the All Anal, All Anal, All Anal, All Anal Podcast with your host, Sebastian Starr. Sebastian Starr. With your host, Sebastian Starr. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the All Anal Podcast. I'm your host, Sebastian Starr, and today I wanted to try a bit of an experimental analysis. It's not anything that I've had pre-planned. Usually, before I come in to record my sessions or my episodes, I'll have like a list or a sheet of paper with content and things on to say, unless I'm doing a lyrical analysis, in which case I'm just looking at the lyrics, reading as I go and analyzing from that moment, unless I've had it pre-analyzed and I'm just repeating myself. But today, I wanted to try something a little different. So, as uh, you all may or may not know, uh, Meg the Stallion or Megan the Stallion had released her album Good News uh, this past couple of weeks. And I took the time to listen to it and I was listening to it again. Well, I was listening to a couple of tracks on it again lately and I realized something about Megan that I don't think is talked about enough. And that is she has a musical soulmate. Now, I want to describe first and foremost what I mean when I say musical soulmate. So a couple of years ago, I was listening to The Weeknd like I usually am. And he was talking about Lana Del Rey. And he says how Lana Del Rey is the girl that he's singing about in all of his music. And he feels like he is the guy that she is singing about in all of her music. And because of this dynamic that they subconsciously have with one another, they've collaborated several times over the years. And every single collaboration has been beautiful because they're so in sync without trying to be. Um, And it just got me thinking, you know what? Meg Thee Stallion has a musical soulmate. She has an artist or individual in mind that all of her songs, you can argue and say, that's who she's talking about. And likewise, she is somebody who is talked about in a plethora of artists' music throughout time. Now, before I get, I know I'm building up the suspense, but before I get into that, I want to go back to talking about um, Lana Del Rey in The Weeknd for just a second. Um, When you think about their collaborations that they've done with each other, I'll give you two examples. I'll give you Prisoner which is on The Weeknd's album. So it's The Weeknd featuring Lana Del Rey, and it's on Beauty Behind the Madness. And then you have Lust for Life, which is on Lana Del Rey's album. So that's Lana Del Rey featuring The Weeknd, and the album is also called Lust for Life. Um, When you think about those two songs, they don't sound anything alike, first and foremost. They sound very, very different from one another, which is great because that demonstrates each artist's individual music styles, vocal skills, and aesthetic all in one. Granted, as artists evolve over time, their aesthetics may change, their sound may change, even the tone of their voice may differ ever so slightly, but the vibe of that artist exists throughout whatever project they're doing. So we'll start at Prisoner, which came out first on the Beauty Behind the Madness album. Both of their voices in this song are very, very angelic and graceful, almost cloud, cotton, soft, and flutters through the wind. But at the same time, there is this heavy elevation of deterioration and bass, and it is explosive with feeling 
And the pitch of The weekend's voice is escalating constantly. And Lana Del Rey is like a soft, delicate flower in a field of burning flames of disaster and chaos. And and I don't I don't want to dive into the lyrical analysis of that song just yet because I'm saving it for a later day because I'm pretty sure it'll come back up. But when you just think about the way that they collaborate and combine and fuse together, and it's 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 a perfect fit. Like it's a perfect fit. And then let's fast forward to lust for life. It's the same type of feeling. It's this cloud soft, but it's more of the cloud soft angelic because that's how Lana Del Rey's voice is. It is very, very angelic and graceful, even though her lyrics are like dark as shit for no reason. And The Weeknd's music is also dark as shit for no reason. And his voice is very angelic. So it mixes together perfectly. So when you listen to Lust for Life, you're like, oh man, it's like a wavy, trippy, almost psychedelic feeling. And then the lyrics kind of get tossed in there. And then he kind of sprinkles in some soul and and makes it more colorful and more, you know, suspenseful. And it erupts and it's just like, like doves fluttering in the... And it's just this overwhelming sensation of like euphoria mixed with a little bit of like, wow, that was great. And it's that's the type of relationship that they have musically. And of course, they've done other collaborations together. Alana Del Rey was on his Star Girl... Star Girl, Jesus! Lana Del Rey was featured in the Starboy album. She did the Star Girl interlude, which is just her singing over a very psychedelic beat that matches the aesthetic and tone of the album, which doesn't really pull her out of her comfort zone, but rather she adapts to it and she still fits in like a jigsaw puzzle piece perfectly. And and I think that they know that so well that they expect nothing from greatness from one another. So whenever they do collaborate, you're never going to be disappointed. I have not heard a collaboration between The Weeknd and Lana Del Rey that has been disappointing to me. So let's go back to Meg Thee Stallion. I'm 100% convinced that her musical soulmate is the baby, And I'm going to tell you why. The same way that The Weeknd and Lana Del Rey can collaborate together and make masterpieces is the exact same way that Meg Thee Stallion and DaBaby can collaborate and make masterpieces. When you listen to them on an individual spectrum, DaBaby has mentioned Meg Thee Stallion a good handful of times in a couple of different songs. The first one that comes to my mind is Bop. He name drops her completely. Like... Right, right. He doesn't even try to hide it or metaphorically. She, no, he's talking my little bitch. She's like Megan the Stallion. She ghetto and nasty. She's driving the boat. That's some, that like, it's crystal clear as day. So when you think about him and the type of female that he constantly talks about, Meg the Stallion fits into that mold perfectly. And whenever you go, to Meg Thee Stallion's music, and you listen to her, and when she's describing the type of guy that she's into, the baby fits in that mold perfectly. It's almost to the point where you think that they're actually in a romantic relationship with each other. No, they're not in a romantic relationship with each other, but their music is. Their music is like drawn to each other. So the same way that The Weeknd was like, I feel like I'm the guy in Lana Del Rey's story and she's the girl in mine. Meg Thee Stallion is the girl in the baby's 
story. So whatever his songs, whatever his music is talking about, when he's referring to a woman, that's who he's referring to. Not purposefully, not intentionally, but subconsciously, that's the type of person that he sees when he's writing the and then vice versa. So when you think about, I'm going to go back to Good News, which is Meg Thee Stallion's latest project. When you listen to Cry Baby, which is featured him, they play off of each other so well. I mean, their entire tone and energy is 100% in sync with each other from the ad libs or the taglines that the baby uses to identify himself, which I haven't heard since I heard about this nigga when he first came out like two years ago. Um, that, that brings it back to the beginning and you think, yeah, him. It's always been him from the very beginning. And then his verse and the chorus that he puts out plays into her verse and then the outro that plays out. They're literally playing off of each other. Even the dialogue that's mentioned very briefly within the song where they stop rapping and kind of just talk like they're talking to somebody. It sounds like they're talking to each other. And that further proves my point. So whenever you go back and listen to Cry Baby off of Good News, it sounds like they're literally talking to each other. But it's not, and I, I don't know how else to explain it. Like, t- say as if, you know, the musician is a separate persona from the artist, right? So you have the stage name, the character, the person you see on the stage, in the videos, on the record, and then you have who they are when they get home. You got the wife, the family man, the parent, the daughter, the son, whoever. It's two separate, and any and every musician that I've ever come across, not personally, but just doing what I do, they have that separate persona because that's how they stay sane. So if you were to take Mega the Stallion, the rapper, and the baby, the rapper, the two of them are musical soulmates because musically they synchronize and fit perfectly with each other. Now, maybe off camera, out of character, when they're just being their regular old selves at home with their families, maybe they don't 100% fit each other. Maybe there's a bit of something there that's just not doing it for the other person. They, As far as I know, they don't have a toxic relationship personally towards one another. They've never, I've never heard the baby say anything bad about Meg Thee Stallion or vice versa. But what I do know is that when Meg Thee Stallion is Meg Thee Stallion and when the baby is the baby, the two of those artists' music could not be more connected even if they tried to force it. And then just think about all of the other collabs that they've had with each other. Cash It was the first one that I heard. And I was like, you know, I kind of can, I can get jiggy with the baby. You know, I like this. I heard it and I was like, damn, why don't they just fuck already and get it over with? That's their music synchronizing with each other. That's their music coming together and making a masterpiece. And it happens every single time they collaborate. I've not heard a single bad collaboration between Meg Thee Stallion and the baby. If you got one, let me know what it is because I haven't heard it yet. But that's just because their music, and this is, keep please keep in mind, this is all my opinion, and no one needs to take any of this personally. If I say something that you don't like, feel free to argue with me. I'll have this argument, but I also don't think that I'm 100% wrong. I'm not even reaching at this point. 
their musical soulmates. And and that doesn't mean that personally they'll get together, get married, have a shit ton of kids and live happily ever after. But their music is definitely doing that. Their music can link up at any time and it will be great every time. That is what I so heartedly believe with everything. And this is a recent realization, like two days ago. And I was just thinking about it. Like, yeah, it's them too. I can't, I can't even think of no one else that really fits this description. So when I say musical soulmates, and I was thinking about this, this isn't to confuse the partnerships or the friendships that exist in music. When you get collaboration projects like, um, Kanye West and Jay-Z, for example, that was a collaborative project between two best friends who personally, in their personal lives, connect, synchronize, and play off of each other. They've known each other for years. They've built up a bond. They're great when they get together outside of music as well as in music. So it's not to confuse it with that type of relationship, but strictly and 100%ly, their music were made for each other. And again, this has nothing to do with the artist's personal vendettas. If they don't like each other in real life, or if they do, that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. I'm 100% talking about just their music. Because if I don't make it clear, the niggas is going to be like, are you so you saying that Meg the Stallion? No, I'm not. I'm saying if anything, their music is in a committed relationship and has been for a couple of years now. And every time they music gets together, it's perfect. It's greatness. It's excellent. And I haven't and I haven't been proven wrong yet. So I mean, there we go. We have it. So th- like I said, this is like a random type of jogging thought episode. Uh, I wasn't really prepared to speak on this. I'm just speaking from what I've observed and you know, kind of translated as best as I could for people to understand, which is the part of the points of having a podcast. You get to get your voice out there and, oh my God, excuse me, be heard about things that you feel like people need to be talking more about. And I feel like nobody's talking about this. So I'll be the first one to do it. If somebody else, if somebody else has already spoken on this, I'd love to hear that too, just to see if I'm, if I'm not the only person who thinks like this. I'm pretty sure I'm not, but I'm also pretty sure that if someone has had that thought, they probably didn't know how to say it. Musical soulmates. That's the, That's the terminology that I choose to use. But thank you for sticking around. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. I appreciate the love. I appreciate the support. And until next time, I will speak with you later. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the All Anal Anal, Anal Podcast with your host, Sebastian Starr.